This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the morning worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for February 5th, 2022. The title of the message is The Power of Prayer. If you have your Bibles with you, we come now to the reading and preaching of God's Word. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, we conclude our series through the armor of God. If you don't have a Bible or you have a different translation, you can also follow along uh, in the bulletin and the, over, uh, and the um, projection uh, behind me. Just to remind us um, as we conclude just, just some of the uh, context here. Uh, the Apostle Paul uh, has been uh, writing to the Ephesians, uh, reminding them of the glorious riches of God's grace uh, in various um, contexts of, from eternity past, the application uh, in, in the present uh, and in, in history through the gospel, and then in eternity forward, uh, eternity future, and then beginning in uh, chapter 4, he gives the practical implications of that gospel with imperatives, with commands, with how to live uh, as Christians together and, and as different kinds of people in the culture and society. And he, he, he talks to husbands and wives, children and parents, bond servants and masters. And then he concludes here towards the end uh, of putting on the whole armor of God because the Christian life that he's been describing here, uh, if, it's, if it is anything to the people of God, it is, it is a spiritual battle. Uh, and uh, and that the Christian life is spiritual warfare, not against uh, principalities and powers of the earth, but principalities and powers uh, in, in, in the heavenly realms, um, spiritual powers of darkness. And so our fight is against sin, Satan and against his uh, minions and, and against uh, the sins that, that so easily uh, cause us to stumble. And so we come now to uh, the whole armor of God. And, and just for context, um, you can just listen along, but let me just begin in verse 13, but our, our, our sermon will will cover verse 18 to 20. And um, so you can just listen along in beginning of verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. And stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and have, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands 
forever. May he add his blessing to it. Well, we've been uh, looking at the uh, pieces of the armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the, the shoes of gospel readiness. Uh, he tells us to put those on, and, this, and those are primarily defensive. But then he switches uh, in verses 16 17 to take up uh, something a little bit more, more uh, voluntary, something a little bit more with regards to remembering and doing as a distinct act, not something that's always on us. So he, t- he, call, he tells us to take up the helmet of salvation that protects our minds and our hearts, as well as the shield of faith, something in which we can stand behind and hold, and it will uh, extinguish the fiery darts that Satan sends against us. And then he now he concludes uh, with the sword of the Spirit to take it up as, a, as an offensive weapon, and what's interesting here as he moves from all of these pieces of armor, uh, he says, praying. He do it with prayer. As you pray, put on the whole armor of God. It's, it's almost like he's telling us to put on all these things and then do it while you pray. Uh, and then he gives us uh, what that prayer, that wartime, spiritual warfare kind of prayer ought to look like. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at... Uh, uh, four, uh, four of the characteristics of this kind of prayer uh, for the Christian life. But uh, I also want to tell you that, um, you know, he talks about the, the, the sword of the Spirit, right? It, there's a metaphor there, right? That the, the, the Word of God is like a sword, living in act, sharper than any two-edged sword. But here's what's interesting. He says, he doesn't call prayer another weapon. It is in itself a weapon. Right? He doesn't have to use a metaphor. And so he's, he wants us to know that this is a, a weapon in itself that we can wield um, as we put on all the armor, both defensively and offensively. So uh, he tells us then, he tells us then the five, the four characteristics of prayer. What are they? First, uh, prayer, this kind of prayer has to be spirit-empowered, spirit-led prayer. Look at verse 18. He says, praying, right, as you pray, at all times in the spirit. It means having the spirit of prayer within us as we pray. It means that, it means being in the spirit, right? This is, this is one of the most important, if not the greatest blessing of the redemption that we have in the gospel. This is why Jesus said, I must go to my father's house. Uh, he has to go up and ascend to heaven. Why? Uh, we're going to miss him, of course. Uh, uh, but he says, if I don't, I cannot send to you the Holy Spirit who indwells within you. Right? And makes you into a temple of the Holy Spirit so that God would always be with you. That, that you would have all the blessings of the gospel applied to you. That the Holy Spirit that indwells in us unites us so that we are in Christ every moment of every day for the rest of our lives into eternity. That it, He is, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee and the down payment that all the promises, all the gifts, all the blessings of our salvation in Christ is already ours. 
And so it is the particular work of the indwelling Spirit of God that directs, empowers, and helps us to pray effectively and powerfully. Paul describes the work of the Spirit in this way in Romans 8, 26 and 27. He says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, uh, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Uh, The Spirit helps us when we don't know what to pray for, when we're too weak to pray. I'm so thankful for the the Bible's teaching on on the assistance of the Holy Spirit because sometimes, uh, you know, uh, sometimes when I'm I'm feeling sick and ill or I'm too weak and I feel like I don't have the focus to pray, I know that the Spirit can help me, can take my weaknesses and turn them into strengths so that God would would hear the, the, the... the prayer of a weak, a humble uh, servant. And he can do that for you. No matter, no matter how weak your prayer life is, the Spirit can help you. And if you don't know what to pray or how to pray, and, and praying is, is both something that, that we learn when, as we hear other people pray, and it's something that, that we have to work at. You know, uh, it's something that we have to practice. Uh, and... Um, And the Spirit helps us to do that as well by bringing to remembrance the Word of God so that we know the will of God and we can speak in the language that God has spoken to us. Uh, I remember my Old Testament prophet, my my Old Testament professor who taught us the prophets. Um, His teachings, his uh, his teaching on the the Old Testament were wonderful and great. Uh, But many of us... uh, would hang on every word which he prayed to the Lord. He prayed with, with such an intimacy, with such a warmth, with such biblical language and imagery derived straight out of Scripture in such a way that you felt like you were being uh, transported up into heaven and talking to God as if he was right there in front of you. Uh, the Spirit helps us to do that. The Spirit actually engulfs us and transports us in in this mysterious way so that we are in the presence of God as we speak to Him. And then the Spirit also helps us to pray according to the will of God uh, by reminding us of of the Word of God, but also the mind of God. God gives us the Holy Spirit uh, so that we would know uh, the heart of God, the mind of God about, about whatever it is that we ought to pray. And so if we don't really know what the mind of God is, the Holy Spirit gives us promptings, uh, encourages us, and, and, and directs us to pray for those things that, that God wants us to pray for. And in doing that, the Holy Spirit changes our hearts to align our hearts with God's heart. Okay, So that whenever and whatever we pray for with that God-aligned heart, God will answer it because it's already God's heart. So that whatever we ask for, God already wants. The Holy Spirit enables us to do that. 
Another way that the Holy Spirit uh, empowers our prayer is uh, it literally takes the power of God and, and energizes the weaknesses of our prayers so that, they, so that God would, would know them and, and hear them uh, as our Heavenly Father. Um, maybe the closest thing that I can think of really is, um, you know, when you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your cell phone runs out of power, you can't call anybody because there's no, there's no power in your phone. But the Holy Spirit energizes, empowers our prayer. Uh, it turns it on, if you will, so that God, we can, we can connect with God and he can hear us. And the Holy Spirit does that for us. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit then leads us into a, a God-centered dependence uh, and comforts us in Christ. It also means, well, moving on, secondly, that our prayers have to be continual and constant. Look at what Paul says. He says to pray, praying at all times. Uh, Praying in every season and every circumstance of life. No matter what's going on in our lives, whether good or bad or just ho-hum in between, we need to go to God in prayer at all times. Let me, let me uh, state it this way. Uh, the Apostle Paul is saying, at all times, pray. As well as, at all the times of prayer, pray. So there's an there's interplay, I think, between constant prayer, praying without ceasing, right? And how does that, how do you do that? How, how does that happen, Pastor? Well, it's a posture of prayer, not a, not a particular act of prayer. That's one way to think about it. Um, it, means, it means having a heart and a posture in which you're always talking to God in, in the way that you think, in the way that you talk. Um, you know, some of the most godly, uh, God-dependent missionaries I've come across, it, it, it's so interesting. Uh, I think of one of our missionaries uh, to North Korea. You know, he, at any moment when he's in North Korea, he can be arrested and, and thrown into prison, tortured and even killed, and nobody would know. Uh, his life depends every second of every moment when he's there. And uh, so when he w- would come home and, and he would... Uh, uh, do a furlough, and he's visited our church uh, a, a few times. Um, when, he, when, he, when somebody asks him to pray, he stops whatever he's doing. I remember eating with him, and he p- was picking up a, a fork, and he just stopped mid, I guess, mid-spoon, and he just closed his eyes and just started praying. Um, uh, prayer uh, is like is 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 just when whenever you're just thinking about anything, the first thing that comes to your mind is is talking to God. You know, uh, when you have to make decisions, when something, when somebody cuts you off on the freeway and you want to, you know, chew the dude out in, in in your own car, just you know, go to the Lord and ask the Lord, help me not to be angry. Um. Or when you're tempted to sin, talk to God. Ask him to help you fight. Ask him for, for scriptures that bring to mind uh, verses that, that will help you fight that temptation. 
uh, when you're in the midst of or struggling with sin. Talk to God, Lord, you know, uh, why, why is it so hard for me to break from this sin? Why is it so hard for me not to be angry? Why is it so hard for me not to lust? Why is it so hard for me to be prideful? And talk to God as if he's there. And when you talk to God as if he's there, he will be there. And, and you're going to think twice, I think, when you know that God is watching you. And I don't mean that, I don't say that to make you, you know, guilt-ridden. But, but that's one of the ways in which you can fight. Because you're, I mean, there's a reason why, there, there's a reason why um, people who would break into people's homes or commit uh, acts, uh, uh, illegal acts, they try to do it in the dark because they don't want anyone to see them. Uh, because, but when we know that God is with us, the power of his presence and his love for us will, will, will enable us to fight those sins. Um, and it makes all the difference. And that, that can only happen as we pray. You can't just think God into, into our presence. You have to talk to God and know that he's there. It also means praying at all the times of prayer. Uh, and, and what that means is, is that, um, you know, in the Old and New Testaments, there have always been appointed times of prayer, morning, noon, and evening, primarily. And that's, we say, we, in, in the Old Testament, it was called the hour of prayer. Um, it was Jesus' custom to have appointed times. It was his custom to, to do it individually. He would go in early in the morning into the wilderness and pray all by himself. Uh, sometimes he would invite his disciples, and sometimes he would gather his, his disciples to pray together. And he would pray with, with, uh, with, with the flock that would surround him. Uh, the, 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 his prayer time at the Garden of Gethsemane is a perfect example. Just before he was going to be uh, crucified, he, he asked um, James and Peter to come and, and pray with him. And that means in the New Testament, you know, when, when, uh, when the apostles would go to the temple, they went during the hour of prayer to, to, to pray with the other uh, Christians. And so that translates in the life of our church, um, praying together, not just only by yourself. Pray in your small groups. Pray in your Sunday school. Uh, pray uh, in, um, in, our, in, the, in the prayer meetings. Uh, and tonight's congregational prayer is an example. Uh, when we gather together for a distinct time of prayer, and so I think Paul here is, is uh, encouraging us to pray at all the times that, that, that you can gather to pray together. And again, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesians, not to the individuals only uh, at the church of Ephesus. And so he's, he's also talking to us as a church. And can I challenge you? You know, I think uh, several weeks ago when I preached on the word of God and I, I said, I said one of the things that I would like for you to do is to take at least one or two things that you learn and apply it to your life as soon as you can. Don't walk out and say, oh, that was great, and I know what I should do, and I know what I can do, and then just let it float away and never do it, like a New Year's resolution. Um, 
Would you be as intentional about applying the Word of God, in, in particularly in this, uh, in this uh, time of, of, of praying? Um, do it as intentionally as you do everything else that's important to you. Let it be a, a lifestyle and a posture as well as a discipline of prayer. Thirdly, it has to be an all-inclusive exercise of prayer. Look at verse 18 again. If we pray at all times, then we have to do it with all kinds of prayer and supplication. I think he, he, when, when he says pray at all times, in every circumstance, we have to pray in such a way that meets those times and circumstances. And so what are they? When we know and experience who God is or when he's done something wonderful in our lives, we ought to offer prayers of adoration, praise, and thanksgiving. When we're convicted of our sins uh, that we have, have, uh, have, have done, then we should offer prayers of confession and repentance and ask for forgiveness. When we or someone else we know needs help or they have a need, then we ought to offer up prayers of intercession and supplication for all the saints. Verse, uh, verse 18 there. Of, and when we just want to be with God, when we just want to talk to God because God is so wonderful and amazing, because he loves us and he cares for us, that when, when it seems like we have no one else to talk to, when we're lonely and nobody understands, you can go to God. You can go to God and you can talk to him. You can pour out your heart to him and he will hear you and he will answer. He sympathizes with you. He knows your pain. He knows your sorrow. And he can embrace you and love you and help you and heal you. And that means you can just pray to him. Just pray. Pray because he's real and he is there and he cares for you. How much, how much, how many, how much burdens of fears and anxieties do we put on ourselves day in and day out that weigh us down and down and bring us to discouragement and despair? The worries, the needs. What will I eat? What will I drink? What's, what's tomorrow going to be like? And they weigh us down to where we are despair of life itself. Why? The Lord calls us to cast all of our cares, the burden of our cares upon him, so that he, because he cares for us, he loves us. All you have to do is take them off your, your back and give them to Jesus. Give them to God. That's why Jesus bore the cross on our place. Not only our guilt, not only our shame, but our burdens, our anxieties, our fears. And he carried them all the way up the hill on Mount Calvary. And he was nailed to them. He was put to death for them. And in doing that, he put those burdens to death. And when he died and was buried, those burdens were buried and died with him, never to rise again. Only Jesus 
in his glory, in his grace, in his love, was raised to everlasting life in freedom so that you would not have to bear your burdens and sins anymore. Uh, I love that wonderful hymn. Oh, what, oh, what, uh, oh, what, what, what peace we often forfeit because we do not give it to the Lord in prayer. Um, If something's burdening you, would you give it to the Lord? Uh, Maybe even now as you're thinking about it and praying about it so that you might be free of those burdens and those anxieties would melt away. Finally, uh, it has to be an all-persistent and persevering prayer for all the saints. Paul goes on to say, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And, and Paul is telling us to keep on praying no matter what. Uh, he's calling us to persistent prayer. And, and here's, here's the mystery of prayer, that God desires, he wants us to persist in prayer so that as we do it, our faith will grow And he loves to honor that persistent prayer. He wants us all to be like the importunate widow, that parable that Jesus tells in Luke, Luke 18. He says, because of this importunate widow, this widow who just keeps persisting, keeps coming and knocking and asking for justice in the midst of her her enemies. And this unjust judge just is like, no, 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 no. And then finally she breaks him down. And he says, fine, I'll do it. I'll give it to you. Why? Because so that you will not beat me down by your continual coming. Because you keep bothering me. Now, that's an unjust judge, but how much more so a gracious heavenly father who loves to hear your prayer. Um, Some of you are praying for loved ones, prodigal children, spouses, friends, family members who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ or, or you're praying for something in your life that, that, uh, that you feel that you need and you're asking and, and, and begging the Lord for, for, for help in that area, um, persist, keep knocking, keep going to the Lord. And, and I hope this doesn't sound uh, um, uh, disrespectful, but the Lord wants us, he, we don't have to break him down. He wants us to persist, but he wants us to break down our pride, our self-reliance, our desperate. He wants us to come to him desperate because we have no one and nothing else to go to for those particular prayers. And he wants us to, to be ready so that when he answers, we can celebrate from the depths of our hearts and our faith would be that much more enlarged and we can praise him. So persist. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. And he will answer them. And then he, he and we're coming near the end here. Uh, not only ought, to, ought we to pray for all of those things, and not only to make supplications for all the saints, right, past, uh, all the saints, present and future, but for the greater mission and kingdom glory 
of God. Paul, Paul, look at what Paul says. He says, and also for me, that I may have the words to, to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel, to preach it boldly. And the, this is, I think this is where, this is the most powerful weapon in the arsenal of the Christian. Is, is asking God to just be God and do what he does. Omnipotent, all-powerful in service of his own glory. That, that the name of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus would be lifted up and all the obstacles, uh, all the, the hindrances, that the spiritually dead would rise again to hear the good news that their hard-hearted hearts of stone would be replaced with new, living, beating hearts of flesh, that they would come alive again, be born again, uh, that um, you would pray for the ones who would do that. And with that, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me that, that I would be bold to know exactly what to, to say and how to say it, but more importantly, to do it knowing that the Spirit of God would empower my weak and meager words. He would take something, the weakness of my, my preaching, the weakness of my gospel sharing, the weakness of my eloquence, and he would show forth his power in such a way that, that as a witness, you would know, oh, you know, how could somebody be converted with uh, preaching like that or with, with a, a gospel presentation like that? And then that person is converted, and then you can say, it was God, not me. And would you pray for yourself that you too would be bold, that you too would know the power of the gospel as you share it, that uh, however weak it might be to you, but with prayer, empowered with prayer, uh, with the, in the spirit, it would, it would raise the dead to life. And, and how has it done it? Look around. All of you are examples of that almighty, resurrecting, born-again power of, of, of the Holy Spirit and the giving of the gospel. Can, can I, let me close with this. Um, Lord, uh, the Lord is calling us to be a praying church. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like uh, as we, I'm going back to the fundamentals even in my own prayer life. I know that in so many ways I have fallen short and, and in many ways I feel like a hypocrite. I don't pray as I ought. I, you know, and sometimes when, when, when the saints gather in, in prayer meetings and it's, it's, not, uh, it's not helpful for my, my schedule and I don't go, um, I feel like a hypocrite, and I, and I know I am. But as we, go to, as we go and be the church together, let's go back to the fundamentals. Repent of our, our, our weaknesses, our failings, our hypocrisy, and start afresh and be a praying church individually as families and as a, and as a people. And we can start that little by little. And so would you pray for us? And would you consider when we, as we rebuild our congregational prayer life to something 
far, that's going to stretch us more than that it ever has. Uh, would you be willing to be stretched as well? That we are really fighting a spiritual war and we cannot fight if we do not pray. And the only way we can fight is on our knees. Let's pray together. Our Father, thank you for, for, the, for the armor of God. Thank you for giving us all of its pieces. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to empower it all as we pray. Father, we repent of our prayerlessness and our practical atheism. Uh, Father, help we repent of our, our superficiality in our prayers. Lord, would you help us then to relearn and to be renewed uh, with a wonderful and rich prayer life uh, because you have you've called us to that and you've given us Jesus and your spirit to teach us how to pray. Bless us, O Lord, as we partake now uh, and prepare to pr- in the Lord's Supper. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.